Greetings to the Evangel Coach Podcast listeners. This is Daryl, the Evangel Coach, a gospel minister who is an executive coach, an executive coach who is a gospel minister. I am the producer and host of the Evangel Coach Podcast, the primary communication platform of Daryl S. Irby, Inc., a global community change agent, leading transformation of diverse communities of people worldwide by impacting with influence, beliefs, and behaviors, mindsets and motivations, paradigms and practices via various virtual platforms and stages. Thank you so much for leaning in to listen to this episode of the Inclined to Improve series of Brief Bible Workshops. This episode is the second of several segments where we are considering Christ as coach. The biblical text for this segment is Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Granted, it is kind of a lengthy read, but let's read it and focus on sitting down in the setting of this passage in the interest of gaining our greatest benefit from our discourse today. So grab your Bible if you don't already have it and turn again to Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35 there it says and behold on that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus which was 60 stadia from Jerusalem and they were talking with each other about all the things which had taken place while they were walking and discussing Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him and he said to them what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking and they came to a stop looking sad one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him are you possibly the only one living near Jerusalem who does not know about the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What sort of things? And they said to him, Those about Jesus the Nazarene, who proved to be a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. But also, some women among us left us bewildered when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And so some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. And when he said to them, you foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things 
and to come into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going and he gave the impression that he was going to that he was going further and so they strongly urged him saying stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over so he went in to stay with them and it came about when he had reclined at the table with them that he took the bread and blessed it and he broke it and began giving it to them and then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight they said to one another were our hearts not burning within us when he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us and they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and those who were with them saying the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them at the breaking of the bread. Wow, I just love this text. I love this, this accounting. Listen, as mentioned in the first segment of Christ as Coach, as a professional coach, when I read the scripture, Principles and practices related to the coaching craft and process seem to leap off of the page and grab my attention. And such was the case with this passage. I've read this several times, many times before, and even preached it from the pulpit before. But this time, even more so. The words just grabbed my attention. And I hope the same will happen with you. That is that the word will become flesh and relative to your life in every way. Look, look at real quickly and then we'll come back here to the book of Luke. But I'd like you to go real quickly to 2 Timothy and excuse the uh, sound of turning pages. I'm old fashioned and I do still use a paper Bible. But go real quick to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And there, the Bible says, All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. And so let this word and every word that you read out of God's word, every word that you hear preached and taught, every word that you hear on this podcast and other platforms, 
that you may listen to or watch videos on perhaps or watch TV shows on. Let the word get in you and do what only the word can do. God's word is truly transformational. Let God's word be beneficial to you as you read and study it daily. And if you don't currently spend time in God's word daily, you should. I was recently speaking to someone who was struggling with life, which is normal. Jesus said in this life, you will not maybe, but you will have tribulation. And I told her to spend time getting close to God and spend time in his word. She responded by saying, thanks for the positive message and got off the phone as though she was disappointed. Sorry, but that's all I have for you. But that's a whole lot. If you can give somebody the word and give them direction to spend time in the word and to spend time with God, you've given them the best advice that anyone could ever give to someone else. Communion with God and time hearing him by studying his word will turn an upside down life right side up. But anyway, back to this exciting text. Jesus has been betrayed by one of his closest. And that does happen sometime, right? Probably everyone listening to my voice right now has been betrayed before by someone and perhaps by someone very close to you, by someone in your family or someone in your circle of friends and betrayal never, never feels good. But Jesus has been betrayed by someone close to him. He has been wrongly accused in at least a couple kangaroo courts. He's been crucified by his own family folk. He was buried and resurrected. And so now in this text, he shows up out of nowhere while two of his disillusioned disciples are traveling by foot from Jerusalem where the crucifixion happened to a village about seven miles away called Emmaus. And as they were traveling, the text says, that Jesus just showed up out of nowhere and started traveling with him. Man, there's so much that I have to say about this, but on a very simple and, and, and basic level, let me just assure you that at the most difficult times of your life, at the most disillusioning times of your life, expect Jesus to show up. And, and let me say this to the professional coaches who may be listening to this podcast today. And even if you're not a professional coach, as I've said to you before, coaching principles and practices, they help to um, enhance friendships they help to enhance family relationships, romantic relationships, work relationships. 
They help in every way. Coaching principles and practices, I believe, are the best to use in order to uh, disciple individuals as well. And so listen, as a coach, listen to this. Effective coaching is a journey. It is not a brief experience. Now there is a, a space, there is a place for brief coaching. However, I don't believe that it is the most effective coaching. I don't believe that it is the most effective way to disciple someone even. I don't think that it's the the most effective way to help someone who's going through a difficult time in their life. Your best friends will be willing to travel with you. Your best coaches will be willing to get on a journey from where you're at right now to where you are wanting to go to. It's a journey. In in a romantic relationship, you start out at one place, but you expect to go to another place. You start out loving someone at one level today, but as you all go through things together and help one another through things together and you support one another in the pursuit of goals and aspirations together, that that love and respect and, 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 and admiration, it grows. The best processes are, and the most effective processes are a journey. They are exactly that, a process. They're not a point in time. They are not brief. Listen, also, don't don't expect for change to happen in any way. Wherever you would like to see change in your life or accomplishment in your life, don't expect it to happen in a moment. Don't expect it to happen overnight. Successful people, no matter what they tell you, did not become successful in a moment. It's a process. It is a journey. And then let me tell you, as you are on your journey, when that journey becomes difficult, when that journey becomes challenging, when that journey, for whatever the reason may be, becomes disillusioning, expect Christ to show up. Expect him to show up. Listen, obviously, these men were not expecting Jesus to show up because as we go further and as we have read, they had determined that they had been fooled, that Jesus was not who he said that he was, that he was not actually the Messiah because they had not seen Uh, the overturn of the political government like what they were expecting to see. And so they weren't expecting Jesus to show up. They were not expecting that he had actually been resurrected. I don't know what they thought had happened to his body that was laid in the tomb by Joseph of Arimathea because when the women showed up at the tomb, Jesus was not there. And when the disciples went 
to check on what the women said, Jesus was not there. But they hadn't seen a change in, in the natural yet. And so they, they thought that they had been lied to, that they had been disappointed. And so they were living in a place of disappointment instead of a place of expectancy. And that can make all of the difference in your life. Please hear me. At difficult times in your life, expect Jesus to show up because your expectation will determine your recognition. Do I need to say that again? Expectation will, will determine, it impacts, it influences your recognition. Listen, I told a, a lady some years ago, she said to me, she said, man, I hear you all talk about all the time how God speaks to you all. Why doesn't he ever speak to me? God has never said a freaking thing to me, she said. And it caused me to chuckle like I just did. It's kind of funny to me, just the way she said it. And I said to her, I said, so how much time do you spend in communication with God? How much time do you spend in prayer? How much time do you spend reading and studying God's word? You see, as you spend time in prayer with God, as you spend time in God's word, then you learn to recognize God. You learn to recognize how he moves, what kind of things he does, what is his M.O. What, what is his modus operandi? What is the way that he normally moves? How does he normally say stuff? Get in his word. His word is where you will learn his language. Man, I'm getting excited just talking about this, but uh, get in his word. His, his word is where you will learn uh, his language, learn the kinds of things that he says, learn how he communicates. And as you learn how he communicates, as you get closer to him and you learn how he does things, then when he shows up, you will be able to recognize him. You'll be able to recognize him. You've heard stories told before about how a mother can hear her child crying from a distance amongst other children crying from a distance and out of all of that noise she'll be able to recognize her single child's the tone of her single child's cry and that's because she knows that child in a closer way than anybody else has ever and will ever know that child she carried that child within her person for nine months. And then after that child was born, she bonded with that child further. And she learned the tone of that child's cry. She learned the tone of that child's laugh. She learned the tone of that child's noise making. And so she's able to recognize 
her child's voice even amongst many other voices Jesus said my disciples my sheep know my voice and another they will not recognize see here's the thing get close to God and you'll recognize when he shows up but it starts y'all by expecting him to show up your expectation will determine your recognition and I can tell you for myself all I can do is testify to you but you can have your own experience that if you will expect him to show up in whatever way you need him to show up his answer may not be what you want it to be but his answer is always a good answer for you it's always for your best expect him to show up and he will show up God will travel with you during the most difficult time but but I got to go on here because there's a lot to talk about here so not only that not only did he show up does the text tell us but the text it tells us that he got in their business he 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 inserted an inquisitive statement into their conversation verse uh 25 of that of that text says that while they were talking and discussing Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him and he said to them what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking now now understand here don't forget who we're talking about now we're talking about Jesus we are talking about the son of God we're talking about the second person of the Godhead the second person of the Trinity the Godhead is the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and Jesus is the Son he is God remember he said in the Bible he says that uh, that that I am so you know, remember that uh, in, in the book of, of, of Exodus, God told uh, Moses that his name was I Am. Moses said, who should I tell them sent me? And God said, tell them that I am that I am sent you. And so when you hear Jesus on various occasions referring to himself as, as I am, he said, he said, as, as, as Abraham was, I am. And so that refers to him being God. And in several different ways, Jesus lets you know in his lifetime that he is God. So keep in mind that he's God. He's omniscient. That means that he's all knowing. So he didn't ask them that question because he did not already know what they were discussing. He showed up because of what they were discussing. Trust me, 
He showed up because he knew that they were disillusioned and he wanted to save them from that disillusionment. Man, that's why I love God so much. He has not left us alone. Look, here in the United States of America, at any rate, and all over the world, there's nothing is going right right now. Everything is broke. Everything is messed up. There's just some really, really bad things going on right now. From war to criminal presidents to conspiracies amongst our leaders, supposed leaders, because what they're doing is not leadership. But so there's all kinds of disappointment, disillusionment, discouragement and lack of integrity from people who you would think would be the most integrous. I mean, really, there's stuff going on. I just recently learned more about racism that actually has been going on in the church for centuries. I mean, if anybody is not going to have racism in their in their presence amongst them, you would think that it would be the church. But racism has been very present in the church. I'm telling you, I mean, it's hard. It's 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 more it's easier to find stuff to be disgusted with right now than it is to find stuff to be satisfied with. Right now, you all is a difficult time, but Jesus knows. Jesus knows. You you have to know you all that I'm trying to create a podcast episode here. And 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 I'm getting emotional. I'm getting excited about this right now. And I and I certainly hope that that you are getting excited also. But let me tell you, Jesus knows. Look, God knows. Back in the book of Ezekiel, where God asked Ezekiel, another coaching question, by the way, he asked Ezekiel about Israel. He refers to Israel as a valley of dry bones. Look, they were dead. They were dead because of their lack of faith and their lack of commitment to God. And God said to, to, to Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Ezekiel said to him, thou knowest, God, thou knowest. Look, if, 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 if you don't get anything else out of this today, get out of this, that wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, what we're going through collectively as a nation, God knows. And when God knows, God moves. When God knows, God moves. Believe this, you all. A lot of this stuff that you're watching on the news right now is happening because when God knows, God moves. And so, anyway, and so God knew, Jesus knew what they were talking about, but he asked them that question in order to generate exploration and discovery. He asked the question to generate 
exploration and discovery deep within themselves. Look, Proverbs says that 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 a counselor and Jesus is the great counselor. He knows how to draw the from the depths of a person. Jesus knows how to draw from the depths of a person. He asked them that question to generate exploration and discovery so that he would get them to identify where he was at and then he would be able to move forward to help them to move beyond their present place of disillusionment, their present place of sadness to a pursued place of satisfaction. Hmm. From their present place to a pursued place. That is what spending time with God will do for you. Spending time with God will help you to move from your present place of pain to a pursued place of prosperity and providence and rejoicing and success and satisfaction and spend time with Jesus and it will help you to move forward. Help other people to spend time with Jesus to help them to advance forward. You, as an agent of God, as an ambassador for Christ, spend time with people during the difficult times of their life, asking them questions, not being directive all the time, but asking them questions to help them to advance from where they're at to where they are going to go. So you all, let's move on here. I'm just going on and on and on here. I'm so excited about this. Be willing to show up during sad times with helpful communications, not just being nosy, not just to be an information gatherer, not just seeking information just to know, but intending to facilitate transformation. That's what real coaches do. That's what real disciple makers do. Don't get into people's business. Don't start asking them questions just so that you can know something about somebody it, your questions should be your interest should be to help people to become the best uh, uh, form of themselves that they can be not just so that you can go and, and 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 tell somebody else their business or you can feel self-satisfied that i know this about them and i know that about them. So what? So what? The Bible has already told off on everybody. All have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. So, so what if you find out that somebody is in a disadvantaged place in their life? You haven't found out anything. You should already know that. But your goal should be to be an agent of God and help them to move to a better place in their lives. So Jesus, though, listen, so Jesus follows with an answer. And he said to them when they said, are you the only one near Jerusalem? who doesn't know what's been going on? Where have you been at? Basically is what they were saying. Have you been under a rock? They clearly don't know who they're talking to because the question that you ask will determine whether or not you know who you're talking to. Very clearly, they didn't know who they were talking to. And he said to them, what sort of things? And so, listen, he's, he's really drilling down. He's really going further to help to advance them to a place where he can really help them to get to a better place than where they are at right now. And so, when they, when they finally said to him, those about Jesus the Nazarene who proved to be a prophet, mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people and how the chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. They said, we were hoping that he was the Messiah, but it looks like he actually was not the Messiah. The women went to the grave and he wasn't there and we haven't seen him and we haven't seen any difference in the oppressive situation that we're living under the rule of Rome. And so obviously he was not who he said he was because we were looking for a victorious Messiah and he turned out to be a suffering servant. And then Jesus said to them, you foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Basically, haven't you read your Bibles? Haven't you studied the word? Haven't you listened to the prophets? Have you been paying attention when you go to synagogue meeting? Was it not necessary for the Christ, for the anointed one, for the Messiah to suffer these things and to come into his glory? So in short, he's saying to them, have you ever heard Isaiah chapter 53? For he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes are we healed. What, what have you been doing? Don't you realize that, that what has happened is exactly what should have happened? 
It's exactly what the law and the prophets have said about him. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to come into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in the scriptures. Man, he preached the gospel to them, you all. Look, the apostle Paul said in the first chapter of Rome, of Romans, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. God's gospel, the good news about Jesus, what the fact that what the prophets said about the suffering servant, what the, the prophet said about the Messiah actually coming true concerning Jesus, that's the gospel. That's the gospel and it is liberating. It will set you free. It will give you eternal life. It will guarantee that you have eternal life with God as opposed to eternal separation from God in torment, the gospel. That's what the gospel is. And, and, and every believer needs to know the gospel because first of all, you need to know what your hope is. Peter said that you ought to always be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within you. You ought to always be ready and able. You ought to have the information and understand why in a world like what we're living in right now, you have your head held up high. You can still wear a smile on your face. You still have goals and aspirations and you are pursuing those goals and those aspirations. You need to know why. And the only reason why is the gospel, is the fact that you have been saved, that God has a plan for you. And it is a plan, it is a purpose for good and not for tragedy. You need to have an account for the hope that lieth within you. And if you don't already know, let me tell you what that is. It is the, the gospel. And so you ought to know the gospel story. And what the gospel story is, is the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the matchless Lamb of God was sacrificed on Calvary's hill. He was wounded, not because he had done anything wrong, not because he had made God mad. The scripture says that God showed up at his baptismal and showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. The Bible says that he knew no sin, nor was there any wayward words even on his lip. Jesus never even said anything 
he never even had a slip of the tongue where he said something that he should not have said. He was perfect all the time. He was righteous all the time. He was holy all the time so that he could die in our stead who is unholy all the time, who is unrighteous all the time, who is always saying something that we should not say, who every time you turn around is doing something that we should not do. We're trifling. We are raunchy. We are dirty. We can't help ourselves. But when we could not help ourselves while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. There's the gospel for you. I know the gospel message. I know it so that I know where my hope lies and so that I can help someone else to have hope for the same reason. Always be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within you. Now look at this. We got to hurry on here. And so Jesus shared the gospel with them. And the Bible says in verse 28, and they approached the village where they were going. And he gave the impression that he was going further, that he was going to keep going on beyond them. He was basically going to leave them at that spot. And they strongly urged him saying, no, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the, the day is now nearly over. And so he went in to stay with them. And it came about when he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and began and began giving it to them and then their eyes were open and then Jesus's ministry to them wow and then Jesus coaching session with them Walk with me, somebody. And then his interaction with them, his sharing of the gospel with them was fruitful. Because remember, at the beginning of this text, it says in verse 16, but their eyes were kept from recognizing them. That's where they started out at. And where he wanted to get them to is at the place where their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And that's what the text says. And their eyes were open and they recognized him. And then he vanished. He had, he had, he had a successfully accomplished what he, he had come to, 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 to share with them for was to help their eyes 
to be open. But but why did Jesus want their eyes to be open? The scripture says, go on. They said to one another, were our hearts not burning within us when he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11. Remember, there's only 11 now because Judas has betrayed him. And so he's no longer counted in the, in, in, in the 12 apostles. So now there's only 11. And so they found the 11 gathered together and those who were with them saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them at the breaking of the bread. Wow. I mean, you all, this is a total account of how discipleship works. It is a total account of how the gospel message and the gospel method works. In case you haven't picked it up yet, here it is, here it is. Jesus gave them the gospel. When they understood the gospel, then their eyes were opened. And as their eyes were opened, then they went and they found others and they shared the same gospel with them and then their eyes were opened and then they went and they shared the gospel with others and then their eyes were opened and then they went and shared the gospel with others and then their eyes were opened that's how you grow the kingdom that's how you grow the kingdom listen let me tell you something you do not grow the kingdom by what we call going to church Please, if you can, get away from that because it is impossible to go to church. The church is not a place. The church is a people. Do I need to repeat that again? The church is not a place. The church is a people. You cannot go to church. You have to be the church. What the church does is the church who are a people. They gather in various locations around the world no matter where that is in homes in big buildings in small buildings in cathedrals in shacks in streets in parks in alleys in restaurants in kitchens wherever it's at the scripture says jesus said wherever there are and it doesn't take but two or three Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the presence. You, you can't go to church. You can only be the church. And the writer of, of Hebrews says, admonishes us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So the church comes together in an assembly, but it is impossible to go to church. And so 
First of all, it's impossible to go to church. And so definitely, I'm telling you, you cannot save the world by going to church. You cannot really even save the world by the church assembling together. You have to go and share the gospel. Let me say it again. You have to go and share the gospel. If our gathering is for anything, if, if our assembly is for anything, it is so that we can learn what the gospel is. The Apostle Paul talks about in several locations to strengthen. It's an opportunity for us to strengthen one another, for us to encourage one another, for us to build one another up so that when we go and share the gospel with others, we're in a strong position to share it with them. That's what discipleship and ministry is all about. And man, can we get to it? I have this, this podcast. I do what I do on social media. I do what I do as a coach on my, on my full-time job, Monday through Friday, as I talk to people on the phone. I do my best to share in creative ways the gospel because that's what it is all about. It's about sharing God's good news about Jesus. Anybody ever ask you, what is the gospel? It's the good news. It's God's good news about Jesus. Say that. It's God's good news about Jesus. It is the fact that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace within and with him was upon him. And by his stripes are we healed spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. We're healed. That's the gospel, you all. And, and that's what our whole purpose is, is to share the gospel. I think it was C.S. Lewis who wrote a book called The Simplicity of Christianity. Now, I may have the author on that wrong, but, but Christianity has a simplicity about it. Don't make it hard. Don't make it difficult. My family loves to say to me, well, we're not preachers like you. You're a preacher. Everybody can't be like you. No, everybody can't be like me and I can't be like everybody. But all of us who are saved, all of us who are born again, we all have, in a sense, the same calling, different administrations. The Bible says, maybe you accomplish yours through preaching. Maybe you accomplish yours through teaching. 
Maybe you accomplish yours through helping people. Maybe you accomplish yours by showing mercy to people who are in bad positions. Maybe you accomplish yours by providing leadership. Maybe you accomplish yours by whatever your giftedness is. But we all have the same message to share. And that is the gospel. The gospel. The power of God unto salvation. Difficult for me to let this one go today, you all. And thank you so much for those of you all who hung in there with me today. Because I'm, I'm so excited um, that I probably haven't been as polished and um, as um, contained as I try to be um, many times. But I hope that I've gotten the message across to you today as we talked about Christ as coach. Listen, do me a favor and click the subscribe link so that you will be notified every time there is a segment like this recorded and published. And also, if you are inclined to do so, click the support the show link and share with us financially. This is not a free venture. I'm not begging. If you're not inclined to give, please don't. And still show up every opportunity that you have. But if God moves you to share with us financially to help me to do what I love doing and what I was called to do, I will be forever grateful for that. Be blessed. <laughs>